Welcome to the Audetta Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, Adam Higgins, the Audet Out. And if you are listening to this in order or paying attention to the date, it is the last show of the month, and that means it is guest time. This month, I have my buddy Chris the Mole Man from Midnight in America and Mole Hole Radio and the Mole Man Show, and it used to be the Couch Potato Files and a million other things because Chris just can't make up his mind about what the fuck he wants to do any given day. He just likes to try shit. And honestly, we don't talk about any of that shit in the show this week. This is the most straightforward. We I just started recording and we just chatted for like an hour. Of course, if you want that whole hour of bullshit, you have to subscribe to the Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get this shit early and you get all the full extended version with all the stuff that I leave on the cutting room floor or the carpet, whatever. So check that out. And that's at patreon.com slash out. Of course, links are always in the show notes. I'm going to give you a warning on this one. This is a very loose conversation. It very much is just flow of thought, whatever. And so we end up getting into stuff like politics. We talk about experiences with going to gay pride parades and... You know, past relationships and wife jealousy and lots of stuff like that with just two guys talking about whatever the hell rolled out. So I, if you are a little dicey about any of those subjects and talk about the president and, and other things, you know, I'm not going to, to hold anything against you if you want to skip this one. I'm fine with that. Like I said, I normally keep controversial topics out of the show just because I don't like picking a fight and I even pretty sure I left it in there where I said that but all that being said here is my random as fuck chat with Chris the mole man so this has been a fun experiment for me in doing the the monthly guest stuff because for all intents and purposes I never talk to anybody directly I'm the same yeah it was like the You've had conversations with Mike. You've had conversations like you talk to Daryl on a somewhat, you know, yeah. regular basis. I never talk to any of you guys like actually voice to voice other than now doing these. Other than one time I had a phone call with Mike. That was it. And that was that was it. And it was it's just it's always like oh, through through chat or whatever, you know, but actually sitting down and like Oh yeah, a direct one-to-one audible conversation. I don't do that. I almost, I'm realizing nobody that I've had on so far up like I've had these sort of conversations with. It's been really funny. The only exception being Heather from Sunshine and Power Cuts because I've done uh, the Sunshine Summit a few times. And so I've, I've chatted with her a few times, but other than her, everybody has been like, oh yeah, this is basically the first time we're actually having a one-to-one conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. Like, especially with like me, you and Mike, we live so close to each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's funny. Cause I think Daryl was asking if we all met up. I'm like, no, oh. I'm like, I moved. I go some further away. I go, but we literally lived like walking distance from each other. 
Yeah, that was the scary part. It was like, I could have literally run into you guys picking up my groceries any given day. And yeah, that just doesn't happen. (laughs) It's like Mike, um, after I moved, I realized his subdivision was practically right next to mine. I'm like, damn, dude, I thought you lived up like North Surprise or something. No, it's like, because he was talking about how he was west of the 3032 or something. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, my kids played like baseball at the park that was basically right next to his house. I had no idea. Yeah, wasn't there like a case where you guys were at the same park with your kids, just different times of day yeah. or something? Yeah. Like, I was just there playing soccer an hour ago or some shit like that. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. But I, I don't know. I'm not... I could be one of those people that I could just go out to the woods and be by myself and drink my own pee. I'd be fine. Like, I don't know. I don't know about the drinking your own pee part, well, but I could hang out in the woods. No <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. I'm weird in that. Like, because my grandparents on my mom's side were very much they're They're the, the Mexican side of the family and they live in a, you know, they lived in a tiny town in southeastern Arizona in a valley where you cannot accidentally get there. This town is literally cut off from the rest of the world by about an hour of highway and empty desert. So I'm used to that sort of quiet, completely cut off from the rest of the world. They didn't have cell service until the mid nineties. I remember you could not hardly get regular TV there because the signal was so bad. But there's that. And then my dad, born in South Bend, Indiana, grew up in Phoenix. I grew up primarily in Phoenix and in Corpus Christi and in city life. But so I, I, I'm comfortable out in the middle of nowhere. You can hear the, the crickets farting. And also in the big city full of the diesel fumes. And I used to have to cross McDowell every morning I used to cross McDowell at fifth Avenue every morning in kindergarten to go to school walking. And I look at that now like, Holy crap, we did that. I know. But it was like, (laughs) no, I'm just walking to school. It's no big deal. But now I look at it. Yeah. It's like, you know, I probably wouldn't let my kids do that now. Granted that was 30 years ago. Yeah. But still, it's just a crazy idea that like the my my city my city brain and my my isolation brain are like that I can function that way versus my wife who grew up in the country her dad still lives on acreage and she is not comfortable. It's part of why we live in surprise is this is the closest to city life as she is comfortable with. And you know what? I'm like your wife. I don't I grew up like, uh, which is weird. I grew up pretty close to where your dad was from. I was down the uh, road there about, I don't know, a good hour. That was more closer to the uh, Illinois border. But the town that I grew up in was very small, mostly like farms and stuff. That's why I like Buckeye so much. It's because it reminds me of the city I grew up in. And they just got too big. Oh. The kids are in the background. That's why I normally lock the door. 
it's amazing that they don't care about you until you start doing something. Nope. <laughs> like if I'm in the bathroom, they actually will leave me the fuck alone. Really? They will leave me alone, and but it, they also take the opportunity to go and, and mess with shit that they're not supposed to. <laughs> That's when I come out, and there's a chair pushed up against the fridge, and all of a sleeve of cookies are missing, and, and shit like that. But if I sit down at the computer to work, then suddenly, it's, Dad, we don't want to be out there alone. I know, no, and yeah. they're jumping on. Can we watch Netflix on your laptop? I was like, "What's wrong with watching Netflix out there?" Like you were thirty seconds ago. I know. Like you didn't even know that I left the bathroom, and suddenly I sat down in the chair, and suddenly you miss me, and you got to jump on the bed and throw pillows everywhere, and you need my laptop. <laughs> uh, it's fun having kids, ain't it? Yeah, fun. You have <laughs> what? Four boys. Yep. Yeah, that's a that's a loud house. Yep. Especially after school. Yeah. Because right now, the two older boys are in school, and then I've got the three- and five-year-old at home during the day. And as Bug starts school next year, no, you're not sitting on me. <laughs> you can go sit on the couch. No. Yeah. No yes, way. No way, Jose. No Jose way, has, Jose. Jose has nothing to do with this. Go watch the show. You want me to put it on Dino Trucks? Okay, we'll go watch Dino Trucks. Be right back. I'm Nick. And I'm Justin. And we can't believe it's already time for the 2019 live stream for The Cure. Thanks to our amazing peers, listeners, and supporters. Last year, we crushed our goal of $5,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. The Cancer Research Institute is funding research into immunotherapy to create a future immune to all forms of cancer. Every single cent we raise goes to them. And they're also rated over 92% on CharityNavigator.org. This year, we're aiming our sights even higher with our most ambitious event to date. Join us May 17th through the 19th on twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys for 40 hours of live content from us and other amazing shows who will join us to try to reach $7,500. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure for more information or to find out how you can be a part of the event. Together, we can make a difference. Okay. <laughs> Normally, I'd sit there and like go through all this, the normal show spiel and all that shit, and I was like, eh, fuck it. I throw yeah. a format away for these shows anyway. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know. Um, I did a few interviews. I just didn't like it. I don't know. It's just it's weird for me to talk to people that I don't really know that well, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's there's a couple of people that I'm, I'd kind of want to reach out to, but it's much more of a case of, I've, I've got a lot of podcaster friends that I want to talk to before yeah. I start reaching out to somebody that I'm like, oh, I follow this person. I'd love to get to talk to them, but I don't actually know them. Like, yeah. There's people I know that I, I'd like to talk to first. Because I know I've done a couple where it's like, um, I didn't know them that well. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know really what to say i don't listen to a lot of shows just because time's kind of limited so i mean like if you don't capture me by the first couple of minutes i'm done and i'm just with that with everything so it's like a lot of times it's kind of like you know 
Oh, am I going to have to lie saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listen to your stuff all the time. Kind of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I was like, man, you must check out on your own show pretty quick then. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, honestly, and I really, I don't do it for anybody else, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's just, I don't give a shit. I just throw it out there. That's what cracks me up. So if like your, your psyche needs to have the 5,000 downloads in the first three hours or whatever. Yeah. Fine. But that's not really what's important because ultimately if you don't enjoy doing it for you, then don't do it. I mean, that's the hardest thing I started having with the mole man show. It's just, I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. It's like, you know, I started doing like the paranormal stuff and I'm like, God, I'm like, I'm spending so much time researching the shit. And it's just like, it's taken away from family. It's just not fun anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it really got hard when Daryl and I started doing stuff. It's like, man, I have a hard time just sitting there by myself now talking. It's like, it's no fun. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, I I don't care. It's like with, uh, Twitter. Yeah. I switched my um AZ Mole Man around with the radio one. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's so much crap on there. So you get like I think I'm over the four thousands. And it's like I don't see like you anymore. I don't see like Mike anymore. They're crap going out. And like the ones that I actually want to follow. It's like I see everybody else. I don't know if you get to a different tier, like it teams you up with the uh the over the thousands or whatever so i'm like fuck this i just switched the two around so i'm back down to 110 followers on my podcast and i'm happier because i see more shit yeah exactly <laughs> yeah like i i i think a lot of it's also when you start getting into the you start following people who are constantly just like retweet spamming stuff and yeah. next thing you know, you're, and especially not to get political, but if you have people that you follow that are political and then they just start, you know, retweeting and sharing, commenting on all these political things. And well, because you follow them, then it floods your timeline. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. And that's, <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, and it's like, I had Facebook friends that would do that like constantly. It's like there is a reason why I don't follow CNN, Fox News, Republicans, Democrats, or whatever. I mean, if you're going to put like a little comment in there, I don't mind that as much. But if you're just retweeting without saying anything, or like um, sharing it on Facebook without saying anything, it's like why? Like, yeah. okay, you know, this is not anything interesting at all. It's all bullshit. So it's like I don't know. I just I don't know if I'm getting like older and it's just I get to that point where I just can't stomach this stuff anymore. But it's just like, I get to the point where it's just, I'm done. I don't care. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I hate using the term because it, it, people say it and they use it in the most condescending way. Whatever people say in the current political climate, I'm like, like, yeah, no, no, you're like the current political climate is a lot of people are bitchy. That's about it over stuff that really means nothing. Yeah. I was like, if you don't like like, Donald Trump, well, guess what? He's got the job. Shut up. You can't change that. Um, If you want him out, find somebody that can actually do something and beat him. 
stop trying to change the laws so that he can't win. Yeah. Because that's the thing that's annoying me with a lot of the people who are like, oh, we're tr- we need to abolish the Electoral College. And essentially because it was the Electoral College system that is how he won. It's like, why? Because that's the way they campaigned. They campaigned to the Electoral College. It was just a matter of Hillary campaigned to the big vote states and Trump nickel and dimed his way through the election. He was like, I'm going to pick up all of the loose change. Get back to it, uh, the Mighty Ducks, <laughs> where they're like, you know, oh, you, yeah, yeah. you got to pick up those loose shots. Like, you got to pick up the trash. And like, that's what Trump did. He picked up all of the little stuff that Hillary didn't care about, and he picked up enough of the little stuff. You know, she's picking up dollars, he's picking up quarters. Well, he picked up enough quarters to beat her dollars. That's how yeah. that works. But that's, that's just how it went. Like, people need to look at more than just the big, and it's everybody in politics, they always campaign to, like, oh, you have to win California and New York and Florida. Like, you win those. You're like, eh, well, guess what? That's what they've all done. He took a different path, and he won with that different path. And now they want to abolish the Electoral College because they don't like that it cost them two elections. Like, Yeah, but that's, then maybe you should stop ignoring the little states. Yeah, start fighting like you're supposed to. Yeah, I mean, care about all of the country. The flyover states, too. Stop battling over California, New York, Florida, and Ohio. If you pass those, like, there's, a, uh, oh, I don't know, 46 other states that people fucking care. I know, yeah. <laughs> That's what uh, kills me about him. And he totally went a different direction. And for a 70-plus-year-old guy... Man, he knew how to use social media and everything else to his advantage. Yeah, I mean, spent way less more money than Hillary. And the, and the thing is that he just like love him or hate him, the guy knows how to get people's attention. Oh yeah, and he may say some dumb stuff. He's not that dumb because he's at least smart enough to know that if he sits there and sends out a tweet that pisses people off. That's all anyone's going to be talking about because there are literally people out there who follow him just because they want to see the thing that he posts next that's going to piss him off. Was it a Chrissy Teigen said, I needed therapy. I was having uh, anxiety attacks because I got blocked by Donald Trump. And so I couldn't see the things that he was posting. And it's like, does it fucking matter? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> I don't follow anybody in politics because. There's nothing they're tweeting that's relevant. Like, guess what? If Donald Trump's tweeting, it's because he had a thought and he's expressed it. Like every other fucking dumbass on Twitter. I know. Like, he's like everybody else on Twitter. I had a thought. Click, 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 click. It's like, guess what? Half the shit on Twitter is bullshit. And guess what? He's just part of it. It's like, why? Because he was a business guy who was on reality TV who made use of the fact that he had a reality show. He was just the old guy in reality TV. He's no better yeah. than like Snooky in the situation. They're sitting there on fucking Twitter doing the same bullshit. He's just old. It's funny because like um, I'll follow him just because I think some of the shit that he comes out with is funny. Yeah, and I think he just does it just to piss with people. I think oh yeah, I'm sure. Three o'clock in the morning. I mean, I do the same thing though. He sits there and trolls people. Yeah. He's like he is the world's most powerful troll. 
And it's, it's great because <laughs> he'll sit there and, and because he knows it pisses people off because there are people that want to get pissed off. If you're so pissed by what he says, stop fucking listening to him. I know. Yeah. Stop following what, him. I, I just, I don't understand that. And it's like, even with me, with some of my stuff that I throw out there, it's like, okay, then yeah, I am being sexist. So fucking unfollow me. And I used to have a little photo that had my, profile yeah. of my Twitter thing. I screenshotted it and circled the unfollow button. Then the next one I would send them was the uh, block button and the circle that. That's what you got to do because I won't block anybody. I don't give a fuck. It's like, yeah. say what you want to say. If you want to sit there and harass me, I don't give a shit. Harass me. Like, no. Fuck, I wish I had haters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm non-confrontational in that for the most part, I avoid talking about politics on the show. I don't do a lot of stuff more on a case of it's 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 asking for a fight yeah because it doesn't matter what side of of anything you're on there's somebody who's adamantly against you because nowadays in today's political climate it's so much a with us or against us you don't have to support trump but if you don't hate him you're an awful terrible racist like that's yeah. not how life works opinions are gray and that's, that drives me nuts with people nowadays as everything is so black and white or red and blue or purple, green, spandex. I don't care. It's everything is just, it's all these hard lines. No, fuck that. It, it was like a Chris Rock did on, I forget which the fuck special where he was like, there's some stuff I'm conservative about. There's some stuff I'm liberal about. Yeah. It's just, it's called being human. Have, you can have feelings about things. I. I can be more conservative about one thing and I'm more conservative about border security and gun rights and things like that. But I'm also all for gay rights and we've gone to the Phoenix gay pride parade on more than one occasion, fully support the gay community. You know, my sister's gay. Don't fucking care. (laughs) I've been, I've spent half of my life with people accusing me of being gay just because I talk with my hands and I'm kind of effeminate. And so, like, fine. And then the long hair thing doesn't help. But, you know, it's like, whatever. It doesn't bug me. There, there's some things I'm on one side of things. There's some things I'm on the other side. Well, nowadays, you're not allowed to be like that. You're not allowed to. I not like identity politics. <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm against identity politics because I think it's just people trying to get attention. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also for equal rights and women's rights, but don't be a bitch. Yeah. I mean, like you can carry everything way too far. Yeah. And sometimes I think a lot of when you see people carrying it way too far, I think they're trying to do it to make a point. Yeah. You know, they're to, and it's like those idiots that you see, if you go back to like the gun stuff, like walking down the street with an AR 15 strapped to your back. To me, it's like, you know, I'm all cool. I'm cool with it. I have guns. I mean, I carry what I go out to the middle of nowhere, but I don't carry in Walmart. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm not going to get to a gun battle with my kids here. But it's like, I want to strap an AR-15 and go walk to Walmart just because I can. And it's like, a lot of times I think those people are the anti-gun people trying to make it look like we're all nuts. You know? And it's like, they're trying to tilt it a little bit to make the other side looked nutty by acting nutty to prove their point. 
it's like Target with the um, bathroom situation that they had a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's like, I'm not even going to go to Target just because you just brought in nuts. You know, and like people were talking about, they wouldn't let their daughters go into the bathroom because of that. It's like, well, yeah, because it's not because of who they're peeing next to. It's the fucking nut that's going to go and prove a point and put on a wig and do something to a kid. Because there's people out there that will do that shit. Yeah, like you're not like, worried about the normal guy. Yeah. Like, you're not worried about the actual normal transgender person who's just trying to live his life, who was born Mike and is now Stacy. You're not worried about that guy. You're worried about the crazy guy who wants to sit there and go out and prove that, oh, this is a terrible thing, and they will dress as a woman and go and just harass a kid. They're not going to do anything to the kid, but they're going to harass them and make them and do something where their point of, oh, look at what could happen. I was like, no, no. it's somebody going out there intentionally doing something wrong to, to express themselves and, and say how much their point is right. It's like, no, you proved that crazy assholes are crazy assholes. And that when you think about it in terms of you're protecting everybody from the crazies, well, you're, you should be protecting people from the crazies anyway. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and sometimes the crazies, trying to protect people from crazies will bring out more crazies. Exactly. It just, it kills me that people really care that much. Like last year when they had the pride parade down here in Phoenix, I was downtown with my son. I had no idea what was going on. We were on the train leaving downtown and I noticed the, well, that was Westbo Baptist church people. Oh yeah. I got the honor to ride in the train car with a bunch of those idiots. <laughs> Because I saw all the shirts and everything. I'm like, oh, must be Gay Pride Day. I'm like, it's a beautiful Sunday afternoon or Saturday, I think it was on. And the sun is shining. It's like seven degrees outside. And this is what you plan on doing with your, like, day. It's like to go take your day, take a day off and go, like, protest these people that are in their own little community, not bothering anybody. But you're mad at it. It's just like, how stupid. Then the one broad was trying to give me a like pamphlet. Oh, yeah. I told her like four times, no, thank you. So about the fifth time, I'm like, no, I don't want your fucking pamphlet. And I took it and I threw it back at her. She started going on it again. Some fucking homeless drunk guy on the train's like, Lady, quit being a bitch. Leave him the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> I have my ass up. Like, like you're being defended guy. by the homeless guy. <laughs> Shit. It's crazy because my son, he, like, we got the trains. Like, what are those people's problems? Dumb. I don't know what to tell you. They're just a bunch of fucking idiots. I, I don't know. The world's full of them. You just yeah. got to deal with them. That just remind, that reminds me of the Mitch Hedberg bit. It's like somebody hands you a, a flyer. It's like here, you throw yeah. this away. <laughs> Wait for me. Like, yeah. I mean, I. Living way out here, I, I spend very little time actually in Phoenix proper other than for work. And at that point, it's all, you know, two in the morning. So my sister actually lives walking distance when the pride parade goes through. She actually just walks. It's literally right up the street oh, from her. Cool. And so it was, it's really cool because we can just go over and park at her house and we just walk. I think it's like a half mile. And for somebody who lives in the city and like I was saying, it's like growing up in the city and having to walk in that environment just as a kid, it's like, I have no problem walking a half mile up the street to go to a parade. 
my wife who lived in the country where you basically had to drive everywhere oh. to get anywhere. <laughs> like her house was 10 minutes from town. She lived, you know, you have to call your next door neighbor, you know, because there's three acres between your front door and yeah. theirs. When, Hey, I think there's a cougar in your corral. Yeah. You might, uh, <laughs> might want to check that out. Yeah. I know it's just and it's weird because I never thought Phoenix had that kind of area, you know, like that neighborhood. And I didn't realize that until I was driving. I can't remember what the hell I was doing. I think I ten was backed up or something, maybe seventeen, I don't know, one of the highways. And we're driving and like I saw the flags and stuff. I was with my wife. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I had no idea they had a uh, a gay area here. Because I just assumed that, you know, this is a redneck state, you know. They don't have that here. There's pockets of everybody around. If you if yeah, you look around Phoenix, there's pockets everywhere. It's like my uh, wife when we lived near Chicago. She used to love going up to that area in Chicago. Her, um, I think, it was her cousin was actually a police detective up in that area. And I remember talking to him one time. And he said those are some good fights, like domestic fights, especially the women. He's like, they just beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> Usually both of them go out on the stretcher. But he's like, those are, he's like, they get pretty bad. But it's like, um, like we used to go up there all the time. And at first it was kind of weird for me because I'm from Indiana. Like My dad was very anti-gay, you know? So it's like, it's not something I was brought up with. I never gave a fuck, but it's just not something like, I was brought up with. And I remember the first time we went out there, we're sitting at this cool little like sandwich shop. I thought it was awesome because they had like lazy boy chairs. We're sitting in the window. I'm drinking a beer, watching all the people walk by. And I'm noticing these guys are like looking in the window. And I was teasing my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. I'm like, Hey, these guys are checking you out big time. And she started laughing. She's like, no, sweetie, we're not in that part of town. She's like, they're checking you out. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> like, Oh, that's yeah. cool. I guess <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the, you know, they, they talk about and they, they, they say how, you know, women will just, they don't necessarily want the guy hitting on them, but they appreciate that they're getting the attention. They, at least, yeah. even if it's, you know, a kind of a superficial way, they, Oh, Hey, at least, you know, they find me attractive. And it, it basically kind of have that same sort of thing. I was like, Hey, I'm not interested in you. But, you know, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I the guys get pissed off about it. I'm like, why are you getting pissed off? I mean, the first concert I ever went to was to the Indigo Girls. And I went with my buddy, who's gay, and my girlfriend and all these other people. And I was getting numbers left and right. And it was so funny because he was getting mad because no one, he's single, no one was picking him up. And it's like I was standing by myself waiting for my girlfriend to finish going to the bathroom. And I had three guys coming up and hitting on me. He's like, oh, I bet you're pissed. I'm like, why am I pissed? I'm like, I'm in their turf. Like, really? I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, they're barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> like, oh, here, I'm, I'm sorry, but y y you can... <laughs> I don't want to waste your time. I mean... <laughs> yeah, the one guy Thanks, was pretty but, Yeah. <laughs> he gave me his number just in case I decided to uh, switch teams. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it's like the whole Seinfeld bit where he's talking about how, like, being gay would be all right because you're just hanging out with your buddies. 
you wear the same clothes. You know? <laughs> if it weren't for the sex part, it's yeah, just hanging out with your friends. <laughs> like, yeah, basically. It's true, though. I mean, I mean, that's relationships anyway. That's basically a good relationship. It's hanging out with your friend. Oh, yeah. And you have sex, too. That's basically what a committed relationship is. That's the good part. <laughs> the perk of a of a committed relationship. Other than that, you're just hanging out with your friends. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I had friends because I was that guy, and because I was the again long hair, skinny dude, kind of dweeby looking, and so I hung out with pretty much all girls throughout high school. Generally, because guys are dicks, but I. I didn't have a lot of male friends. I hung out with big groups of girls. And you know, whenever you have that big group of girls, there's always that one token gay guy that hangs out with them. Yeah. I basically filled that role, except I wasn't gay. <laughs> it was like, you, you couldn't tell because I was skinny and, and pale and, and had long hair and kind of effeminate. And, and, and I'm always hugging up on all the girls and I wasn't dating any of them, which made no sense. And so not that I wouldn't have, I, you know, I, probably given the opportunity any one of my friends because my friends were all gorgeous and, and very curvy because everything's bigger in texas and to this day my wife insists like my best friend out of high school and college we basically became friends after we both had some really rough breakups to this day my wife does not believe that we never slept together only in the most literal, like, dictionary definition of sleep together, like, we were hanging out and watching TV and fell asleep on the couch. <laughs> that was it. And it was, it was our running gag. It's like, yeah, we've slept together a dozen times. Like, we fell asleep last time she came over. We felt like we were doing it. Like, every time she would hang out at my place, we would crash. And that was it. That was like, yeah, by like, you know, Webster's Dictionary, we've slept together. But in the, the metaphorical term, nope, never happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, because like um there's a girl I was really good friends with, and I remember right before I got married, I went out with her, one of my other buddies, and his girlfriend. And my wife was super pissed. Because my buddy wanted to take me out, go do stuff, and we stopped by her house and she was sitting there like in the shower or whatever. So my wife calls. That's why I said, hey, we're over at Mindy's house. Just hanging out. What are you up to? She's in the shower. What's going on? And like she like freaked. Like she didn't freak out with me. She freaked out with her friends. And it's like, why would I pick the Thursday before we get married to do anything with anybody? Like that's stupid. But it's like she was so jealous of her. And I'm like, why? Well, she's so gorgeous. Everybody talks about how so pretty she is and stuff. I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, she's my friend. I don't see her in that way we hit a pack like if you know the both of us weren't married by the time we hit 30 like we would hook up and have kids because we would have kids like why we're young or whatever but that's the farthest it went and it's like she's even tried like there's times i was just stupid i didn't pick up on the signs of oh yeah she wants to get down my pants kind of a deal and vice versa it just never worked out but it's like she's my friend the under different circumstances maybe but yeah, yeah, right now, just, no. Yeah. It was always one of those, like, I had a girlfriend when she was single, or she would have a boyfriend when I was single. And it's just like, and I told her, I'm like, I picked you. I go, I could have picked her, but I picked you. I mean, you and I were dating, and she told me how I, she felt about me, and I'm like, I can't. I don't feel the same way. 
I'm with somebody else, you know, it kind of sucks. I could have gone there, but I didn't. Yeah, I, I, I just decided not to. Exactly. I don't know. It's just, it was funny because she, I wanted her to be like one of the groomsmen when we got married. And my wife wouldn't do it. She was kind of upset about why I even asked. And I'm like, I'm like, don't be jealous. Just fucking relax. Who gives a fuck? Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's weird because now, like, since my wife's older, she would. <laughs> she'd be like all right whatever have a deal i think it's just the being young and insecure yeah you know to a certain degree women can be insecure especially when it comes to us and other women and stuff like that especially when you have those close friendships like that oh yeah like like i said my friend she's like my sister granted she's like my sister that kind of like in your situation where had my wife not come along at this point, I probably could have seen myself marrying her by this age, but it's very much a case of we were just that close of friends. And if my wife hadn't come along, then yeah, because she's attractive. We get along. We know each other so well at our age. I feel bad for my friend who hasn't found what I have. And it's funny because her mom used to give her crap when we were like 21, 22 the Hispanic girl in South Texas, you know, I went to high school during the friggin' high school baby boom where every high school in Corpus had a friggin' daycare in it. And we're like, she's 22 and she doesn't have any kids. And her mom was just shocked by this. It's surprising because, I mean, both of my, actually, my two older sisters both had their older, their, at least their first kids were both while they were in high school. And I was married before we had kids. Granted, literally, uh, Charlie was conceived while we were kind of on the announcing we're engaged for, <laughs> and so it was like the, we're excited we're engaged and we're celebrating our engagement. And in that process is when he was conceived. And so suddenly timing started getting fuzzy. People stood like, we hadn't told some people yet what, by the time we found out that she was pregnant and it was like. I was like, so, and it was always the funniest thing when I had, we had to tell my now father-in-law that we were engaged. And he was like, so you want to get married, right? Like, yes. I was like, you don't have to, you want to. <laughs> I was like, ah, <laughs> yes, yes, want to. I was like, oh, that's a shame. Like, I got a perfectly good 110-year-old shotgun back at the house. That's the, uh, that's the old adage, though. I mean, like, every time, like, I remember when my wife and I got engaged all the guys I worked with, is she pregnant? No, I'm like, she's not. Like, it was kind of nice because I always feel bad for the people that get married and they have kids right away because we waited like almost three years. And it was kind of nice having that time with my wife and just kind of hanging out and making sure this is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> you know, yeah. then uh, we eventually decided, okay, let's start having kids. Yeah. But man, I was always, God, I was so scared i was more scared about having kids as a youth than uh getting an std you know at least an std is you can live with and it's curable man can you have getting a sick like having a kid at 16 it's just like oh my god why would you do that yeah (laughs) that's a whole life-changing thing and i feel bad from you know to a certain degree because we had our kids so early because my wife is four years younger than me and she was still in school when we got married. She was still, she was actually still in school 
up until she didn't, she actually didn't quit school until I got hurt with the whole, uh, robbery incident. And it wasn't until then she was still going to school up until that point. And it was when I suddenly needed 24 hour care for a few weeks that she left school. And then she didn't go back until, well, it was about, she'd been about almost two years now. Because she's now going to school. She's at ASU for uh, library science. She wants oh, to be cool. a librarian because she likes books. <laughs> That's the best I could say. But by us having kids and like getting married when we did, I was like, yeah, I was 24. She was 20. It's fine with me, but she really didn't get to have that married life without kids experience. And I, I yeah. feel bad for, for that because granted, it's, you know, takes two to tango and all that but i feel bad that she didn't get to have that sort of experience i never cared but she didn't really get to have that because you know she wasn't i think doing the math she turned 21 while she was pregnant so she couldn't even drink for her 21st birthday oh that sucks yeah (laughs) I, I, i feel bad for that for stuff like that that you know she couldn't you know she couldn't get drunk on her 21st birthday because she was pregnant you know, sucks. You know, I think a lot of it's too that my wife is a very planned person. Like everything has to have a plan. And I think that was part of it too, why we never got pregnant. And if there was even a remote chance that was gonna happen, we weren't doing nothing. It's just how she is. And I've noticed as she gets older a little bit, I've been trying to break her because I don't plan anything. I throw shit up <laughs> to the wind and just go. And this, it cracks me up. She'll freak out about shit. And she's like, how are you so calm? And I'm like, please. I'm like, plan A through D has already failed. I'm like, on you know E, thinking about F through C. You know? It's like, that's just how I am. Just, why get worked up about it? It's not going to work, so figure out something else. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, yeah. move on. Plan W. It's like, yeah. you just have a, you just keep going until something works because there's no point stressing over it because if you do, it's just going to make you feel worse. It's yeah. not going to accomplish anything. So well, it's uh, like her second child was unplanned. I eventually knew it was going to happen. I mean, we weren't using anything. Oddly really enough, didn't. our second one was the only one that was planned. Seriously. Because <laughs> yeah, number one was planned. Number two, just kind of happened she just came home one day and like she pretty much wanted to have a second kid i really didn't want to have a second kid i was cool with one and she came home and she was pregnant she showed me the thing and i'm like oh okay yeah cool i was a little freaked out but it's like yeah whatever but she ended up having a c-section and all the way to the um surgery room because she had um she started bleeding real bad mm. I can't remember what the hell they called it, but uh, she's going all the way out to the waiting room or the surgery room, and they're like running down the hallways and shit, and she's freaking. I'm like, you're going to be okay. I'm like, you're in good hands. No, I didn't plan this. I didn't want to have a C-section, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, just go down with it. It was so funny because I remember the anesthesiologist when I went in. I didn't really want to go in. The doctors convinced me to go because I'm like, if I look up and over, I'm going to pass out. I don't do good surgery stuff. You know, if it's trauma crap, I could deal with that crap. But like the actual cutting into things, like I just don't do good. I so find that funny in- because you were a paramedic. 
I know. <laughs> well, I was an EMT, but yeah. yeah, it's just like um, like at the hospital when I worked at the hospital, like when they would lance foils and stuff, man, I'd have to turn away. Like just the point of if you're pushing a needle in it, I'm cool with it. But the point of cutting skin and stuff, it's just like, oh, I don't, I can't deal with that. Bone sticking out, I could deal with. It. Yeah. You no, know, it's normal to me. But like, I didn't want to go in. Went, sat down in between the anesthesiologist and her um, first practitioner or whatever the hell she had mm-hmm. her delivery. And it was so funny because she was out cold. The anesthesiologist, like, yeah, she was so nervous. I just, I just snowed her. And he's like, I have a little extra for me and you. <laughs> <laughs> those guys always seem, I've, I've found after four kids because they were all C-sections. Those guys always seem to have a sense of humor. And I think to a degree it's because they have to try and keep the mom calm. Yeah. My wife did not appreciate it. <laughs> she was like, like and it's always seemed like all of the doctors with all of, all of the boys seem to just crack jokes and and she's had difficult pregnancies three out of the four of them were quite difficult and they're still you know they're sitting there and they're always they're always cracking jokes and there was one of the doctors like okay now where does this go yeah (laughs) hey what do you want me to do with all these extra parts (laughs) that's not what you want to hear after you've delivered a baby you know it's bad from a mechanic it's really bad from a surgeon (laughs) Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it was funny because, like, um, she started having issues, and, like, when we first got in there, the uh, surgeon came in just to introduce himself, and he's like, I just come in and introduce myself, and that way you won't need me. He's like, because if I don't introduce myself, then, you know, you'll be down the room, and he just kind of talked a little bit. Then when they started having problems, he came in there and like her blood pressure, her heart rate, the baby's heart rate was starting to go down. And he's like, okay, let's move. And one of his assistants or whatever, because I was just standing out of the way, letting them do their thing. Yeah. And they kept on asking me, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. And I go, just don't focus on me. Focus on her. Like, I'm just here, you know? Yeah, I don't matter. So, She's the one that's yeah. over there filleted. You don't worry about that's her. That's how I kind of looked at. So when they were taking her to the uh, surgery room, one of the assistants was telling me what was going on, asking me if I'm okay. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I go, you, she's in good hands. Just you guys are doing your thing. Don't worry about me. I'm sitting out waiting for them to tell me to come back. I was putting on all the stuff. And I'm like, had a few minutes like quiet by myself. I'm like, holy fuck, what the hell just happened? Like we went from everything's fine to where like they were literally running down the hallway to get surgery. So they go in there and not expecting what to see and you know, what's going to happen. Am I going to walk in? She's dead. Or are they going to tell me both of them are dead or what's going on? And I walked in. The surgeon's sitting there. He's chewing gum. They had the boom box going. It was um, TLC, Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls. And I remember him singing the song as he's doing his thing. And I'm like, everything's cool. <laughs> you know? It's like, as soon as I heard that. You can't go bad during TLC. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> And, like, you know, just them being calm and stuff. And he looked up, and he's like, oh, sorry, Dad, I was singing. I'm like, no, sing away. I'm like, do your thing. And I sat there. I did look up, because when I heard my son cry, I decided to look over the screen. As soon as I did it, it was funny. The anesthesiologist and my uh, wife's nurse practitioner, they both grabbed. <laughs> they went to turn white right away. And I sat back down. <laughs> I was like, that was a bad move. <laughs> It was like cool. Everybody was cool and calm. It's just, it's funny because when I worked in the hospital, people get pissed off about that. 
you're cool and calm and cracking jokes. And I just tell them all the time, if we're cracking jokes and having a good time and being calm and everything's good, I'm yeah. like, that's a good sign. I'm like, yeah. this is not TV where everybody's so serious all the time. Like, if we're comfortable like, enough to be making jokes, then you know nothing bad is happening right now. That we're everything yeah. is chill. If we stop laughing, then you can be a little concerned. Yeah, that's when to be nervous. And it's just like, just relax. Everything's fine, you know. Yeah. Not everything's that bad. But. Yeah. Like I was saying before, if you sit there and stress about it. It, it's not helping anything. And if you don't want your doctor to be stressed out because yeah. stress makes you make mistakes. I don't want to stress doctor. I want the chill doctor, you know, maybe not as chill as that one doctor. I'm the most okayest doctor. <laughs> like, who, just got re- who just got reinstated. <laughs> it's like, oh. I love that commercial. <laughs> our favorite He's is like still nervous. the tattoo artist. Yeah. I, I yeah. still love the tattoo artist. I'm one of the tattoo artists in the city. <laughs> that was my joke at work all the time. When I go in and do anything, they're like, how good are you? I'm like, well, this is my first day. My last one didn't go so well, but I'm hoping today will go better. <laughs> I think the, uh, there's only one time I felt bad because we would do the splints. Like that was my job where I'd go in and, you know, split up people's broken bones or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's this kid in there. He's like, I don't know, 14. So my joke when I go in is like, oh, did you, I'm, you know, I'm Dr. So-and-so. I just make up a name. I'm from surgery. We're going to take you up. We're going to talk to you. Like, did they talk to you already? And, you know, usually it gets a big laugh. So this kid starts bawling. Oh, no. I'm like, no, 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 no. The dad just starts laughing. And I'm like, apologize. I'm like, no, I'm going, I'm just, you know, I'm here to do your split. You're going to get out of here. You're fine, man. I go, I'm sorry. I go, it's just a joke. I'm trying to cheer you up and laugh with well, I guess the dad was making fun of him, saying that that's how his brother lost his life. Oh shit! That he fell off his bike and got amputated. His dad, his brother was in like I don't know the Marine Corps or something, got shot. That's why they had to amputate his yeah. leg. But he doesn't know that, so he's telling this whole story. So I walk in and say that, and he just flipped the shit. Yeah. <laughs> dad was hilarious. He's like almost crying. He's like, "Oh my god!" He's like, "That worked out perfectly. You coming in like that?" <laughs> Uh, Oops. <laughs> woo. All right. <laughs> Let's end on a high note. All right. Cool. I don't know. Is that a high note? That was, a, I can't beat that. I, I, I can't. <laughs> uh, see, that's, I, that's the part of why I wanted to have you on. And not that you're a backup guest, but it's one of those like, I've been running through my list and they're like, I, I was really shooting for Gareth and Bex this month. And it's one of those I'm busy. And then we realized their time zone difference. Oh God. Yeah. And I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> like, I don't know if we're ever, if I'm ever actually going to be able to get them on the show because it's a 17 hour time difference. Yeah. And so that basically means it's like seven hours ago tomorrow. <laughs> That's always how I kind of do the math. So if it's, if I'm recording at, I, I was explaining this to one of the guys at work was that it was midnight and I was like, yeah, it's five in the afternoon there. Yeah. And we're like, oh shit. And it was like, if I, if my setup, if I didn't record in my bedroom, this wouldn't be a problem. But at any time where I could record with them and it's a decent hour, my wife's in bed. 
<laughs> like yeah. that's not gonna work. So I'm, I'm, you know, it's one of those uh, hope and someday, but at this point, just because of that, I'm not holding my breath for it. But I was like, you know what? Let's go next on the list. Let's go. <laughs> I was like, Chris, let's go. <laughs> yeah, there's times I've talked to him, and it's like six or seven o'clock at night here. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you up to? Oh, I'm lunch at work. Holy shit, it's already tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tomorrow lunchtime. I'm like, it's not even dark here yet. <laughs> We just barely had dinner. Yeah, like I don't know. It's, yeah, it's we're having up. dinner. They're having breakfast. I'm like, oh, yeah. fuck, I don't it's, even want It's just weird. But I was. It was really. I the, the thing about having you here is that I know you've got all these fucking stories, and that for whatever the fuck reason, again, because we've never had like a straight conversation like this, but we both have all of these damn stories that we could just like pluck shit out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is what I want. And it's like, let the story tangent off into, I don't even remember where the fuck we started, but here we are with, you know, with severed leg child trauma. <laughs> and I enjoy doing that. And it's funny because my wife was trying to convince me to do something about, um, like just stories through EMS and things like that. And it's like, I don't remember a whole lot of them. Until I'm in a conversation, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Oh yeah, I remember this one time." Exactly. <laughs> you know? was like, I can't just sit down. I got a million stories, but you got to, you know, somebody's got to pull up that file. I can't yeah, do it myself. No. Like just, you're sitting there and like, "Oh yeah, that reminds me of that time I cut that kid's foot off with a pair of tweezers." It's just my <laughs> brain just works like that. I mean, like yeah. ox and stuff. I literally, if somebody put a gun in my head and wanted to get in my safe. And they're sitting in my office. They'll have to blow my brains out because I have no idea what the combo is until I get there and literally can see and touch the the safe. Like yeah. it's just I don't know. It's just weird. I've got good muscle memory. Shit, if I know what the numbers are. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. I just I don't. I know the the um, the procedure. You know? Yeah, I couldn't tell you how to do it. I'd have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're trying to spell something and you have to write it because you can write it, but if you're yeah. actually, it's like what the fuck are those letters? Nope. Yeah. I'm the computer. It's hard for me to spell check. Yeah, no, I, I, I see a lot of your messages. Like, yeah. It's just, <laughs> and my son blows me so much crap. I'm like, it just doesn't look right on the computer. You know, there's just certain words to me that just don't look right. Yeah. And it's like spell check will, you know, only can catch so much. And usually, like, if I'm messaging you guys that's private, I'll give a fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Spelling, grammar. Yeah, I don't. Was that a word? I don't know. Fuck it. That's like might be like you know, it's hard on my phone because I have such fat thumbs and those little buttons on the keyboard and shit. Like I got to the point where I'm like, I'm not even correct this. There's times my wife will be like, "What the fuck are you trying to say?" I don't know. Like I'm gonna start using the voice thing. (laughs) But all right, man. It it's been so much fun here. But at this point, the kids are literally banging my door down. I can hear them screaming, man. (laughs) Killing each other. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's time for lunch. Yeah. (laughs) All right, dude. Have a good one. Thank you so much to Chris, the mole man. You can catch him on Midnight in America and the Mole Man Show when or wherever he's got that going. And at moleholeradio.com. You'll find me on there. You'll find Midnight in America and Mike Jolitz and a bunch of other people. 
he's just got a ton of podcasters and music and other shit going on there so you should check that one out especially i realized we didn't talk about any of that but you should check that out anyway all right of course you can get this and all the past episodes and links to all of the stuff i just said at odddadoutpodcast.com follow me on the twitter and the facebook and the instagram at odddadout if you want to send me some hate mail or whatever the hell you feel like show at odddadoutpodcast.com and until next week my oddballs thank you and good night <laughs>